there is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hi, and welcome back to Net Zero Carbon, the show at Freight Waves where we deep dive into decarbonization with a specific focus on freight fuels and energy. We explore the technologies promising a cooler tomorrow and the people bringing those solutions to life today. I'm Tyler Cole, your host, and right now I have the pleasure of being joined by James Malley, CEO and co-founder of Pacurate.io. James, what's up? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Tyler. So happy you're here. We got to, to geek out and talk through y'all's solution about a week ago, and I said, let's get on the pot as soon as possible because everyone needs to hear about it. <laughs> but why don't you do the listeners a favor? Let's learn a little bit about James, your story, and who is Pacurate.io. Sure. Um, so I, I got a Got into logistics tech in around 2009. Um, my co-founder or now co-founder and I were just kind of like working odd jobs, uh, writing integrations, doing, you know, helping with implementations, things like that. Um, and we did that for a few years and got kind of tired of putting out other people's fires and not owning any of our work. Um, and it was around the same time that FedEx and UPS started penalizing uh, for poor packing. Uh, so a lot of the shippers we had worked with said, um, you know, what what do we do about this? We're getting, you know, hammered with these fees. Um, there are like some, you know, packing assistance features in, in our software, but it doesn't work or it's like, you know, it doesn't handle X, Y, Z. And so, you know, without doing, you know, much in the way of market research, we just thought, well, we could fix that. Um, and so we built a prototype um, and that was like 2016, 2017. Um, and it wasn't really until the pandemic hit that our pipeline kind of blew up with uh, big, you know, recognizable retailers using it. What a great story of right place, right time, and just a willingness to jump in and solve a problem. I love entrepreneurs who just are unwilling to let the problem go unsolved. So I'd love to learn more about what were you doing before that enabled you guys to have a, uh, a right angle of attack? for this problem, right? Did you come thinking about it in a different way than most? Cause this has been a longstanding problem in the industry. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it was the first time when, you know, we didn't have to validate cause we, we've, Pat, my, my co-founder, who's our CTO, we've had all kinds of ideas over the years. Um, and we would go and, you know, do the entrepreneur thing and try to validate it, do a little market research, talk to potential customers, et cetera. This was one where we didn't have to do anything because pretty much every shipper we knew almost was asking about it. So it was like, well, we can't, you know, if the market research is doing itself, um, we can't really ignore it. Um, it was, uh, I, I'm only mildly technical. Um, my co-founder is a brilliant engineer and, um, you know, uh, has worked on uh, diagnostic artificial intelligence for, you know, the Mayo Clinic and stuff. So he's got, he's got the chops. Um, so we wrote, you know, basically a proprietary cartonization algorithm um, and uh, a bunch of analysis pieces that kind of tack onto it. Uh, and, that, you know, the, the we didn't really know what the opportunity was actually until we got our first customers um, and they reported back the ROI and it was just kind of staggering. Um, and, you know, doing the math on, you know, material savings and, and saving trucks and things like that. That's when we really started to get passionate and, and knew we needed to kind of double down on this. So good. Let's 
maybe double down on the problem a little bit too. Everybody, I think, has had the experience. You mentioned it during COVID, e-commerce blew up. Everybody has opened a package and said, what the, this is 95% air. <laughs> Who packed this and why did I get it this way? That's so wasteful. But what goes into that from planning to dock to truck to delivery, right? I, I've been a part of supply chains and worked in 3PLs where we see truck consolidation is a big opportunity. People are trying to ship less trucks. Let's make sure we're packing better, getting most weight, most cube. Uh, those are big initiatives for people. But what holds up people when you're kidding or mixing at a DC, you've got a mixing center and you've got lots of different sizes of packages or even a parcel. Can you just expound on the problem and where the, the headaches come for those shippers? Yeah, well, there's a couple of things going on. Um, one is that humans are not great at conceptualizing three-dimensional space just by looking at it. Um, there was a, a survey done, I think DS Smith, the packaging company, did a survey of e-commerce executives and they said, how much air do you think you're shipping? And they you know, kind of looked around and they thought, well, 25%, that sounds right. But then they actually went and did a study and it was closer to 50% and up to 64% for some uh, product category. So that's not that's not an overconfidence issue. It's more just like the human brain is bad at it. Uh, and I, you know, I, I can attest to that firsthand. We look at, um, you know, packing examples all day long and we always uh, misjudge the cubic utilization of those boxes. So that's one thing, human, human brain bad for this. Uh, the other thing is, as you, as you know, the like prime directive in many of these warehouses is just to get the shipment out the door as fast as possible. Um, so how is it fair really to tell the packer uh, that they need to take a minute <laughs> to, when they're being judged on seconds uh, to figure out how to pack this thing efficiently? Um, and then sometimes it may just be because uh, for so long packaging and, and packing has been just kind of the cost of doing business. Um, but it's, it's not as, it's not as sexy uh, a, a part of fulfillment. I mean, there's so many cool robots running around your warehouse now. Uh, the last hundred feet doesn't really get a whole lot of love often um, until they notice how much uh, kind of value is locked away in that, that hundred feet. When you talk about value, can you explain some use cases of Packurate? And maybe even as you're doing that, explain maybe a before after situation, right? Where you go to a customer, you see how much packaging they're using, what their waste is, what Packurate actually does for them in operationalizing the savings, and then what those savings were. Can you do that? Sure. Um, so one of our uh, favorite and largest customers is Crate and Barrel. Um, and so as you can imagine, they have a lot of fragile uh, items that have specific requirements. Um, you know, typically those kinds of things are like tribal knowledge. Um, so it could be really difficult when there's a labor shortage for folks that want to work in your warehouse and you, you know, you're kind of high turnover and things like that. And you have to train them how to pack these things in such a way that they don't show up to the customer's doorstep completely shattered. Um, so what happens and not just for crate, but for other kind of, uh, home goods and, and, and similar verticals is, the packers will either overcompensate by putting too much fill in there um, or undercompensate, you know, because they're trying to right size the box manually um, and then it, it breaks or, or, or whatever. Um, so it, it's sort of a, a lack of control, I, I think, is the biggest thing. Um, so Packurate basically uh, provides packing instructions 
uh, on the screen at the time of packing and tells them exactly how much fill to put in, exactly which box or boxes to use. Um, and it, it creates a little image of how that box should be packed. Um, the, the way that, you know, the, the main reason we invented pack here is because it goes a step further. We're not just trying to minimize cubic volume. Um, we're trying to optimize that shipment for the actual journey that it'll take. Um, because FedEx and UPS have all these incentives baked into their rate tables. You know, if you're shipping something far away, they're more like comfortable with it being split up into more boxes. If it's around the corner, they want it easier to handle or, you know, throw at a door, <laughs> um, in which case consolidating into fewer boxes is uh, incentivized. So anyway, that that's a that's a rabbit hole to go down, but but that's what oh, I love rabbit holes. That's a really interesting use case. I had thought about waste in the packaging box and how you could get more in a trailer, eliminate both air shipped and transportation spend. But I had not thought about the efficiency gains on the other side of somebody getting in and out of the truck and how that might be incentivized by the actual carriers. That is fascinating. There's all so, kinds of like crazy things baked into those rate tables that we only know the half of. <laughs> Well, I would love to unpack those, but as you say, that's probably a rabbit hole for another time. Tell me about the tech solution. You guys, I'm sure, are integrating with WMS, TMS. Do you guys provide the, the panels at the dock that people are actually looking at, or how do you guys service the customer? Yeah, so we we never want to be the system of record uh, from day one. We were like, we're not going to, we don't want to build another kind of like clunky uh, platform that they have to uh, contend with. So we built it as just a stateless API. So there's no configuration. They already have the data. Um, so they just set up their WMS or, or OMS to call us. Um, it typically happens when the order wave drops in the warehouse, they'll make like 10,000 calls to our API and get those instructions back. Um, more commonly lately, and I don't know if this is because free shipping is kind of going the way of the dodo, um, but folks are calling us from their shopping carts uh, so they can make, give a more accurate uh, shipping quote to their customers. Oh, that's really interesting too. Are you seeing that in different verticals more than others? Is it pretty much retail e-commerce or is there even some like grocery delivery type applications there? Mostly e-commerce, um, okay. you know, as, as the parcel rates continue to get uh, jacked up to, if you ask a retailer, unreasonable levels. Um, they're really looking for any way to maintain their margins. Um, so definitely, definitely an issue for retail. So James, this is such a fascinating solution to me for a couple of reasons. One is I spent a lot of time going down the carbon accounting rabbit holes and understanding how freight and logistics providers can better share and access and measure their data with shippers that are interested in decarbonizing, right? And what's interesting in that space is a lot of methodologies or standards are using you know, averages or even averages of averages and they cut differently across modes. So we all know instinctually barge and rail are really efficient. They're bulk modes of transit. They move long distance with low energy. When we get down to the e-commerce game and start looking at consumer retail, the average carbon intensity on a lot of these deliveries is not very good because we're doing a lot of stops, a lot of starts. There's very few electric vehicles on the road today at scale for that last mile solution. So explain to me, and I'm going to steal this from you a little bit, how cartonization as a solution that Packurate can offer will help shippers decarbonize. Sure. Um, well, I guess, first of all, worth noting that cart, like packing and, and cartonizing is a special 
kind of problem in the warehouse when it comes to sustainability. Um, because for every uh, optimization you make here to make it greener, you get paid. Uh, you get paid a commensurate or, um, amount because all the costs are, you're paying for emissions effectively. Um, so it do almost doesn't matter if your organization is more kind of cost centric or you're, you know, you've got really big ESG goals. Focus on this point uh, because, you know, when you're reducing the number of trucks you need coming out to your, to your question, uh, we found that uh, if you re reduce your cartons an average 14%, which is the average that we see, uh, that reduces the number of floor loaded trailers you need uh, by the same exact amount. It's a one-to-one -one relationship. Um, so some of our, you know, big, big customers are saving hundreds of trucks, uh, truck trips, um, uh, from their DCs, um, just by doing this, uh, the corrugate too. I mean, you know, it, it's a little bit difficult. I'm sure you probably have a better handle on how to think about, um, you know, trucks, uh, and, and whatnot in the supply chain and how it kind of like filters through corrugate is a lot easier, uh, to, to measure. Um, cause what we see is a low hanging fruit of like one square foot of cardboard per carton. It's just like easy for, for most retailers, especially if they've already tried, uh, to fix this problem. One square foot of, uh, cardboard per carton is easily achievable. Um, and so because there's kind of like a one to three, uh, relationship between cardboard and CO2E, I think one ton of cardboard equals three tons of, uh, CO2 equivalent. Uh, released. It's like really easy math. Um, so if you imagine, uh, you know, FedEx and UPS shipping 40 million packages a day uh, around the world, you know, according to them, uh, I think that equals 1.6 million tons of CO2 equivalent that we could just easily reclaim. That's just like low hanging fruit uh, if everybody did this. No, I love that description there, James. And that math is sort of mind blowing. There's very few million ton gigaton scale solutions that are available today. That's where all the money's pouring into is like, how do we get to gigatail 10 years from now? Where do you think this sort of solution could scale? Have you guys done some of the math on total waste in the industry? Are there people you're talking to to understand like what the TAM is on waste reduction for corrugate or emissions or transport waste, airship, any of those? I mean, all we really focus on is what we actually affect directly. So that's why I focus on, on square feet of corrugate. Usually we translate it to our customers as acres because, you know, for, for most medium and large size customers, we say, you know, do this, you'll save 107 acres. Um, or if they don't seem wowed by that, we'll say the amount of cardboard, cardboard we're, this is going to save you will cover the roof of your DC seven times. And they're like, Oh wow. <laughs> so, um, so it's kind of a, a work in progress of like, how do, how do you describe this amount of, of waste that they could eliminate um, in, in ways that are more visceral. And I think that's what gets uh, people excited. That's a mind blowing visualization to tell someone you're covering their roof multiple times and even going from square feet to acres that, that, alone blows my mind. At first, I thought you were talking about like trees that we're saving from cutting down, which may be another important visualization. You see that a lot in shipping. We're like, ship slower, you save two trees. <laughs> <laughs> Where are these trees? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why your illustration is much more, as you say, visceral and tangible. 
So what is, can you tell me a little bit about Packet, where you're at in your journey? What's next for you guys? Sure. So um, our, our sort of big thing at the beginning of this year, we raised a seed round. Um, you know, and I like to think I did an okay job pitching, but it was mostly our, our customers uh, giving feedback to the investors that made them uh, very quickly oversubscribe the round. Um, and we kind of used that investment to start building out a platform around this core API product. And so a couple months ago, we uh, launched something called Pack Simulate, um, which allows shippers to simulate, you know, millions of shipments if they want. And it tells them exactly which carton sizes they should use that are optimized for their, you know, their average orders, their SKUs, their fulfillment costs, all these things. They can optimize for labor, transportation material, et cetera. Um, so this has been really exciting because it's even a lighter lift um, to to reclaim some of this value and, and emissions. Um, you just got to, you know, give us a spreadsheet and then call your box provider. And all of a sudden you save, you know, two to 5% on shipping for something that took very little effort. Um, so we're kind of, we're, we're pretty excited about making more things like that, that are really light lift, um, but, uh, but have a, uh, because it's kind of a niche and, and a little counterintuitive, have a, a high impact. And it seems, you know, almost infinitely scalable. How custom do you need to be or are you at all? Because everybody's got a different WMS, TMS solution to users need to be fairly sophisticated, right, to plug in the API and get going? Or are you guys working with some of the other actual like TMS or WMS providers on integrations? We do have some direct uh, native integrations and we have a few more coming um, early next year. Um, but in general, it's not that hard. I mean, as a stateless API, uh, you know, we, we basically in the in the API request, we give you enough flexibility to define um, you know, even pretty rare edge cases if you need to stacking, nesting, rolling, uh, things can't be packed this way. You know, it, it can get pretty complicated. It's taken large customers, um, maybe like a week of consultation with us and then two weeks to implement into their wow. WMS. So it's pretty compared to, you know, other solutions is pretty fast to stand. That's up. so exciting. That is so exciting. I can't wait to start sending some people your way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait either. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, let me end on this one, though, because I think this is always the most fascinating question. We know supply chains are processes, and we're tackling a kind of a macro vision of reducing waste globally. But in the end, I think this all comes down to people and understanding people's incentives and drivers and what we're trying to move towards and how, in my mind, we should be loving our neighbors and loving each other well. So, James, you tell me, why does the subject of sustainability in general matter to you personally? Um. Being able to uh, work on something that I feel like will have a lasting impact, um, I think that that is a huge gift. Um, and I know, you know, my whole team feels the same way where, you know, there's decent chance we don't get it, you know, get to work on uh, anything this impactful after this in our careers, um, given our, you know, our, our kind of combined skill sets. But um, I think that has been, that's been really rewarding. Um, I think also I'm more optimistic now having uh, gone down this path, just talking to, I mean, Creighton and Barrel is a great example where they were like cost savings. Yeah. Yeah. Great. But they actually really cared about the waste and, and understanding how they could minimize their footprint 
um, in a very sincere way. I never got the sense of like, oh, how are we going to turn this into marketing? It's like, no, these people, uh, you know, VP level and down, they're all heavily committed to making their business better um, so that they can, you know, feel good about it. Uh, so anyway, so it, it's been it's been encouraging. Uh, I hope that's a that gives you hope too to hear that. It absolutely does. That's why I asked the question because I need hope because I sit there and just doom scroll too often. <laughs> so I I appreciate yeah, that yeah. and I'm totally aligned and love to see that there are just more and more people every day waking up looking to have an impact. I think we've all collectively woken up over the last few years to the opportunity set. And as you say, it's opportunity of a lifetime. By the end of your career, you could have acres wide and Eiffel Towers Hall of gardens that we eliminated. So I'll be rooting for you. (laughs) Thanks for carving out some time and letting the listeners kind of dig into what Packard's doing. We'll be cheering for you and have to have you back on later in the year and understand, you know, what the latest uh, use case is and how you guys are scaling. So congrats and cheers to you. Take care. Thanks so much, Tyler. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions.